Welcome to the number one cookbook podcast, Cookery by the Book, with Susie Chase. She's just a home cook in New York City, sitting at her dining room table, talking to cookbook authors. My name is Sophie Minchilli, and my first book is The Sweetness of Doing Nothing, Live Life the Italian Way with Dolce Farniente. In the book you wrote, my mother is an American, completely in awe of everything Italian. In contrast, my father, a man from the deep Italian South, takes all the country's beauty and traditions for granted. Now, are you more like your mother or your father? So I would say I'm a bit of both because growing up, I was more like my father. So all of this beauty that surrounded me constantly, I was taking for granted. And it was only after college that I became more like my mother, where all of this beauty around me became sort of extraordinary. And I felt so grateful and started appreciating it. So I had your mother, Elizabeth, on the cookbook podcast for her book, The Italian Table, last March, a year ago. And so she said you were going to school in London and came back to Italy, and she convinced you to work with her. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Yes. So I've lived in Rome, Italy my whole life, and it was only in university that I decided to actually move away. And I figured I spoke English, and this was my chance to sort of live somewhere else. So I went to London for three years. The first year, I liked it. And then I didn't anymore. I started to really miss the things that I had taken for granted as a kid. So Sunday lunches in the sun, having an aperitivo with my friends after work, uh, the Italian summers at the beach. And so I think I moved back the day I graduated. I went to graduation with my suitcase and flew straight back to Rome. I was ready to leave. And when I came back, I was in that phase of life when you don't really know what you want to do. (laughs) There's endless possibilities. And my mom had just started doing food tours in Rome. And I remember she asked me if I wanted to try and do one. And I thought she had gone completely insane because at the time it was a new thing. And what is a food tour? I asked her, like, why would anyone pay you to go to an Italian market and see how you clean artichokes or go try pizza or pasta? Like, that's not a thing, mom. And she insisted. So I finally tried one and I fell in love. And it's been my full time job now, I'd say at least eight years. But you left out one point. Your mom is from St. Louis. <laughs> yes. So she's, she's originally from St. Louis. And then they moved around. They actually lived in Italy for a couple of years when she was about 12. I guess they got sick of St. Louis and then moved to New York. And then she came back after university, after college. And she never left. She met my dad, had a baby, me, and has been here ever since. <laughs> So what does the term dolce far niente mean? And also, what does it mean to you? So it literally translates to the sweetness of doing nothing. And to me, it defines what the Italian lifestyle is. I feel like Italians have learned to, I mean, they've always lived this way, to take things very slowly. And when it seems like they're not doing anything, they're actually doing a lot. So taking a huge lunch break in the middle of the week, taking Sunday off completely from work, emails, phone calls, and taking walks with their friends and having drinks, playing a a game of cards, um, just all these little things that seem like you're not doing anything, they're actually doing a lot. So If you learn to relax, you will be more productive later on in your work life and whatever else you have to do. I think this is something that we're focusing on right now in the United States, and people call it self-care. Whereas in Italy, it's just 
the way to live. I feel like in today's world, especially, the more you do, the more you produce, the more you work, the more appointments you have and emails to answer, the more you feel like you're fulfilled and you have a place in society. But actually, it's the opposite. We have to go back to thinking like, what were our grandparents doing to relax or to have fun? And it probably wasn't much, but I'm sure they were living a less stressful life than we were. Yeah. In the book, you say status is reflected in the amount of running around we do, the number of items checked off our to-do lists. Exactly. I feel like, of course, things are changing in Italy as well, but people are still living in that way where they know how to slow down. And I feel like it's about routine. So they have these certain routines that they're very attached to and they're all about slowing down and they just won't let them go in Italy. So most things you love about Rome have to do with food, but it's never just about the food you're sharing. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, it's about, and that's just in general, the food tours I do in Rome and the week-long tours I do with my mom, they're food tours, but they're also about the whole culture that surrounds food. So sure, I'll take you to my favorite coffee bar to have a coffee, but then we'll talk about what it means for an Italian to sit down and have a coffee or stand at the counter and have a coffee. Uh, We'll go to a restaurant and eat pasta. Um, But then we'll talk about like those ceramic bowls we're eating off of. Who makes them? Where do they come from? Who still makes ceramics in Italy? So we're talking about food, but we're also talking about everything that surrounds it. The most sacred of all meals in Italy is Sunday lunch. And if you're cooking Sunday lunch at home, someone will be preparing a tomato and meat sauce for the pasta known as suco. Could you describe your Sunday tomato sauce that was passed down to you? I do the Roman version of that. So my nonna is from the south of Italy. She was from the south of Italy. And um, that recipe I include in the book is a very typical recipe from the south. The one I actually do every Sunday is called Amadrishana, which is also in the book. And um, let's say it's the Roman version of that. So Amadrishana doesn't have meat, but cured meat. So it has guanciale which is the cured cheek of the pig, similar to pancetta, and tomato sauce and cheese. And you said your last meal on earth would be Ama Trishana. Exactly. It's my favorite (laughs) thing. So I made it this Sunday for everyone. But also whenever I go out to a restaurant, I always try and look at the menu because I think I'm going to order something different, but I end up ordering Ama Trishana. And when I was in college in London, I, of course, my mom would ship me like care boxes with all the things I needed to make Ama Trishana. And when I flew back for the weekends, that was the first meal I would have when I would come here. I might be a little obsessed with it. (laughs) Just a little. (laughs) Just a little. (laughs) What's the key to perfect carbonara? I would say the key to any Italian dish is the ingredients. So just finding the best possible ingredients, the best pasta, the best eggs, the best cheese, because you can follow a recipe step by step, but If you're using mediocre pasta, mediocre eggs, it's never going to taste like the one you have in Italy. So it's all about the ingredients. In the book you write, in Rome, artichokes are considered the holy figure of all vegetables. We wait all year for their season, and once they're available, we eat them every day until they're gone again. I adore artichokes, and I feel like I don't know how to properly clean an artichoke after reading your book. (laughs) I... (laughs) I usually just rinse it under the faucet in cold water, but you've given us instructions to help us master the art of artichoke cleaning. Could you walk me through your six steps 
So if you come to Rome in all the vegetable markets, you'll see people cleaning artichokes. And I film them a lot and I post them on my Instagram. And I actually get a lot of negative reactions to it saying like, oh my God, they're wasting so much of it. Um, we eat that here in our country. Why are you throwing it away? So the first step to cleaning an artichoke is we take off all the outer leaves. And these are too tough to eat. I know in some places people will steam the artichoke and then dip those outer leaves in butter or oil and then sort of scrape it off with their teeth. Yes, that's that what I do. <laughs> yeah. So I think either you guys have a different variety of artichokes that has some more meat on the leaves or Italians just don't want to, they don't do that. We don't dip things in butter or... So we just want the artichoke to be cleaned in a way that when it's cleaned, we eat everything and nothing is left. So the first step is to take off those outer leaves, which are way too tough to eat. And then we clean the top tip. We chop it up because the very tip of the leaves is too hard to chew. It's inedible. And then when our artichokes are in season, it doesn't really have a choke. So we don't have to clean that out. And the final step is cleaning the stem. So we actually eat the stem. We just take out that very outer layer of it, which is usually a light green color. And inside it's white. So the white part we eat. And then once it's cleaned, artichokes oxidize really, really quickly. That means they turn black. So we put them in a big bowl of cold water and lemon juice. So they stay fresh. So in Rome, there's two ways that we eat it traditionally. One is alla romana, Roman style, and that's cooked in a big pot with some water, um, white wine, olive oil, garlic, and parsley. So it kind of stews them. They're very soft. And then the other way to eat it is Jewish style, alla Judea, and that's deep fried twice. It sort of opens up like a flower and the outer leaves become crispy like potato chips, but a lot of people don't fry at home. That's something we'll have when we go out to a restaurant as a special occasion. This book covers so much. It's your love letter to Italy, food, family, and friends, and leisure. And the last chapter is entitled, And Finally. Would you share a few takeaways from that chapter? So the last chapter of my book called And Finally, Per Finire, is sort of a recap of the whole book. So it's ways that you can try and incorporate the dolce far niente way of living into your life. And the first thing I say is find pleasure in the ordinary. So again, it's like stepping away from that mentality of doing more, achieving more, working more. We need to think of the the things we consider ordinary in our life and appreciate them for what they are. So that Sunday lunch with our family, like that half an hour walk with our best friend in the afternoon, making coffee in the morning, all those ordinary things in our day-to-day -day life that actually bring us happiness if we sit down and think about it. Another thing I speak about in um, the last chapter of my book is the concept of having a routine. So using routines to your advantage. As I was saying in the beginning of this interview, Italians love having a routine. They might not realize that they have routines, but they are very attached to them. So I would say move away from the busyness in your life and try and make little routines in your day or in your week or even in your month that bring happiness to you. Um, for me, it's, <laughs> it's very cliche, but Sunday lunch with my friends or family I'll try and go like once a week or once every two weeks to the countryside because I know that makes me very happy. So I make an effort to do that. Um, I'll go out to dinner and for drinks and dinner with my friends at least once, usually twice a week. I also, 
I love napping, but it's also a a big part of Italians' day-to-day life. So taking a nap, if you can only do it on the weekend, try taking a nap in the weekend. A lot of Italians will take a little nap after lunch midweek, but I know that's not possible for all people. So I love napping and I couldn't recommend it more. So on the weekends, try and take a nap after your big Sunday lunch. It will change your life. What is in store for you for 2022? I'm thinking about new ideas for books. Of course, they'll revolve around the way of living and Italian recipes. And we're trying to figure out, we might do one, me and my mom together. We thought that would be a cute thing to do. So another thing I have in store for next year is adding some new food tours to my schedule. So I usually do week-long tours together with my mom. But lately we've been having so many requests, which has been amazing, that we're thinking of still doing some together, but also doing some on our own. So I have a few scheduled in Puglia, which is where my dad's from in the south of Italy. And I've been going there since I was a baby. And it's just my favorite place in Italy. So it makes sense for me to lead my own week-long tours there. And then I recently came to love and discover a part of Italy called Cilento, which is right below the Amalfi Coast. So people usually don't get there because they stop at the Amalfi Coast. And it's just beautiful. It has some of the most amazing food I've ever had in my life. The people are just wonderful and they are so open to having tourists there. Beautiful scenery, town, sea, everything. So I'm working on a new week-long tour in that part of Italy. Now to my segment called Dream Dinner Party, where I ask you who you most want to invite to your dream dinner party and why. And for this segment, it can only be one person. That's hard. The first thing I thought of was all of my friends' grandmothers and all the grandmothers I know in general, just all together in one house, one kitchen, and we're all cooking together and eating together. That's my dream dinner party. Where can we find you on the web and social media? So I'm on Instagram and it's S Minchilli. And it's M-I-N-C-H-I-L-L-I. Exactly. (laughs) To purchase the sweetness of doing nothing and support the podcast, head over to cookerybythebook.com. And thanks so much, Sophie, for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Subscribe over on cookerybythebook.com. And thanks for listening to the number one cookbook podcast, Cookery by the Book.